fourth watch starts now. Everybody, you're listening to the Fourth Watch with Justin Fall on the Fourth Watch Radio Network. I hope everyone's having a blessed week. Tonight's going to be an awesome discussion about quite possibly the most controversial end times film that will have ever been shown in theaters. We'll be taking a personal journey with a filmmaker and discussing the New World Order takeover from actual events all the way to the silver screen. This brand new film set to release later tonight has been under much scrutiny and attack and has even ushered in personal death threats. We've got a lot to cover, so let's go ahead and start the adventure. Submitted for the approval of the Fourth Watch Radio Network, I call this episode Amerigeddon with special guest Mike Norris. Well, it's Thursday again, and I am so excited to be back with you all, and we have quite an adventure for you tonight. I want to say a big thank you once again to everyone who's been so gracious to give and further the good fight of the Fourth Watch Ministries, and I pray that the Lord would multiply your gifts back unto each of you richly. If you're feeling led to help support this ministry, you can head on over to fourthwatchradio.blogspot.com. That's the number 4, T-H-W-A-T-C-H. R-A-D-I-O dot B-L-O-G-S-P-O-T dot com. That's fourthwatchradio.blogspot.com. There you can easily give by clicking the PayPal donate button on the right side of the screen. If you would rather mail your love gifts and support, you can write to Justin Fall, J-U-S-T-E-N-F-A-U-L-L, Fourth Watch Ministries, that's all spelled out, F-O-U-R-T-H-W-A-T-C-H, Ministries, P.O. Box 1145, Snellville, Georgia, 30078. That's Snellville, S-N-E-L-L-V-I-L-L-E, Georgia, 30078. All gifts should be made out to the order of Justin Fall. We truly appreciate your support as we're growing and reaching more people each week. Now, if you're a new listener, we're very grateful to have you tuning in, and we want to let you know that there's a brand new show posted every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard on the 4th Watch Spreaker page, S-P-R-E-A-K-E-R dot com, Spreaker dot com. There you can search the fourth watch or Justin Fall. You can go to the fourth watch blogspot page mentioned earlier. You can also go to the Justin Fall YouTube channel or you can subscribe for auto download in iTunes. Now, I recommend that everybody just easily download the fourth watch app for your smartphones and mobile devices for free. And this way you're going to have the easiest listening experience on the go. If you want the app, just search Justin Fall in your app stores for Apple and Android. I'm also pleased to announce that FourthWatchRadio.com will be officially launching soon and will be a one-stop hub for your Fourth Watch experience. So praise God. Now tonight we'll be joined by Mike Norris, actor, stuntman, writer, director, producer, and of course, the son of Chuck Norris. Mike is getting ready to launch his brand new film, Amerigeddon, in select theaters in literally hours from now. The website for the movie is AmerigeddonTheMovie.com. That's A-M-E 
R-I-G-E-D-D-O-N, themovie.com, AmerigeddonTheMovie.com. And this is one for the record books. Never has there been such controversy surrounding a movie that still made it to the theaters unchanged by the pressures. There's so much to tell, and we're on a tight schedule tonight because Mike is actually catching up with us from the road. So let's go ahead and welcome on Mike Norris. Mike, welcome to The Fourth Watch. How are you tonight? Justin, uh, I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me. Hey, it's my pleasure, my honor. So much is going on right now, and uh, I just I want to say thank you from the Fourth Watch Network because I know you're really busy. You're traveling right now, and you just you've got so much going on, getting ready for the launch of the new movie. And so thank you so much for for calling in. And uh, like you you told me previously, you're actually driving, so this is really cool. We're getting a uh, on the road interview. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Well, the movie actually opened. Tonight, Thursday night, in all the theaters, they uh, kind of pushed the whole thing up uh, to give us an extra day in the theaters, which was, uh, you know, I've got to thank to, really, to all the people that are, you know, kind of the groundswell of people that are coming together saying, hey, you know what, we want to see uh, this movie American, and we want to support it. So, you know, it's really thanks to them that, you know, we're getting to open the movie tonight, a day early. Man, that's awesome. I'm very disappointed, though, because I'm in Atlanta, and there's no place showing it. So I'm going to have to figure out something here. <laughs> well, Justin, let me tell you, if things go okay this weekend, we'll be in Atlanta. Awesome. And I know we're, we're going to get to that at one point of the interview, because I want to let everybody know how they can find out uh, about the movie, how to watch it. But tell us about Amerigeddon, Mike. Um, the title itself, if that's not enough to get somebody's attention, I don't know what is. Tell us about Amerigeddon, possibly the most controversial film that will have ever been shown in theaters. You know, I, it, what's really interesting about this, Dustin, is this film was conceived two years ago. We began writing a screenplay. My partner, Gary Haven, uh, really had it in his head that he wants to... Uh, kind of expose the elites and the under the dark underbelly of the people that are pulling the puppet strings on our uh, country. So little did we know, I mean, we had, uh, you know, he had an idea of what was going on, but we had no idea that the political climate and everything would just kind of peak right as this movie's coming out. So it's just, I find it very fascinating that, you know, two years ago we started you know, the screenplay of this. Last year, we started filming it. And then all of a sudden, our political climate and the country and, and the patriots of this country are really rising up. So their voices now being heard. And that's something with Amerigeddon. It's kind of, it's really the people that are supporting this film that are driving it. And it's really their narrative as well. And that's one of the things I noticed when I, when I saw the trailer I'm seeing things as if I'm watching a documentary. Uh, I mean, most people who are listening to the show, they're familiar with the, the New World Order, the the Illuminati, and, and, and various you know titles, per se. Uh, I'm with you. I like to use the term elite, because that's really what it boils down to. And we, we've seen the documentaries. We've seen martial law. We've seen these things. But to see a movie actually play it out in a narrative format, it's going to make it so much more real. And it's going to reach people that would have never, say, watched an Alex Jones film. Yeah, you know, you're, you're really 100% right. And, and let me tell you, you know, a documentary, I, I'm not a documentary maker, and I have all the respect in the world for people that uh, do documentaries, but 
it was real important that we make a movie. This is a fictional movie, but like we say, it's it's a it's a movie that just hasn't come true yet. So the, basically, the thing we thought about early on, and now that we're finding out, is that this is a true story that just hasn't happened yet. And you know, we I had no idea that um, before we started this film, I was awake, but I was kind of awake in bed with my eyes half closed. I, I, I understood a lot of the things that were going on in the world. And it wasn't until, you know, right during the filming of this movie, all of a sudden we just got this thing called Jade Helm coming out of Texas, where UN troops are coming, coming to train in Texas. That happened right as we were filming the movie last year. And since then, it's, you know, all these things that are in the movie have just started progressively coming to the mainstream media. And, and also, what, what's interesting is in Hollywood, they talk about the New World Order all the time in Hollywood. In Captain America, or uh, I think it's Captain America, there's an EMP. But these are all done within the context of a, uh, you know, a beautiful, big-budget studio movie, and, but they're burying it under all this other, other stuff. What we've done is we've just stripped all that away. We've built back the onion and told the story just about the facts as we know it. And basically you're showing things from a realist perspective because in these other movies, and, and even in a lot of these Christian so-called end times movies that are low-budget B movies, they, they make the New World Order out to be a force that is outside of America. And America is still the good guy. And so what I noticed in your film is, is you're really taking the stance that the biggest terrorist threat that we have is the American government. Absolutely. Our, you know, and how awful is this? I mean, this is, it, it saddens me that we have to make a movie like America to get people to kind of wake up and see what's really happening behind the scenes of our government. Little did I know what a criminal cabal that our government is. Republicans, Democrats, all of them are all bought and paid for by elites. And yeah, we thought America was immune from all this. No. Just like Henry Kissinger said, all we need is a little chaos in America for the New World Order to take over. That was said 20, 30 years ago by Henry Kissinger. And here we go, fast forward, and just look at our country. Look at the state we're in. It's horrendous that we're having to deal with this stuff. But I believe, as a Christian, that this is not unexpected. This is uh, all part of a plan. And it's really a plan of good versus evil. And these elites, for me, I believe, have made a pact with the devil for money and power. And this is what we're trying to expose. And that's right on point. And I want to say this. The fact is, many people, they still live in this bubble that America is the land of apple pie and fireworks. And it's a Christian country. And you don't have to look far to even learn that our founding fathers were actually part of secret societies. But we're still living in this this dream. And in my opinion, it's a nightmare because it's keeping people deceived from what's really going on. 
And the Bible is very clear about the end time scenario. And I personally believe that the church will not be raptured until after the tribulation. But regardless of the timing of the rapture, we are going to be seeing things happen. And like you've said, we're already seeing things happen in the government and it's happening at a force. I mean, it's like a record speed right now. I mean, there's no telling what's going to happen here. And I think you pointed something out in the trailer. You showed troops going door to door, taking weapons. Yeah, and that in, in the context of the film, that's a training exercise. In the movie, that's just a training exercise that they're out to do to brainwash our servicemen to think this is what we're going to have to do. So that's a scary. Pro- that is that's very scary. But you know, kind of going back to your point, uh, you know, I think as believers, it's very important to uh, do research, because I believe, like you believe, uh, about the church being, is, is going to be raptured after. And I, I think believers need to be prepared. They need to be prepared uh, spiritually, and they need to be prepared, you know, with just the essentials to try to fight the enemy, because... I, I, I hate to say it, but I, that, I think that's where we're going, that we're gonna, there, there's gonna come a day. And for me personally, I know my best piece of shirt, but man, it scares the living daylights out of me what's, what's gonna be coming into America. And, uh, you know, I, just all you gotta do is open up any, even mainstream, uh, media now. And they're talking about the cashless society. Uh, all of it. So I think uh, people really need to uh, kind of re-examine uh, what, what, what we're really headed for. I totally agree. And it's, it's also because Jesus tells us that, you know, we're going to hear of wars and rumors of wars uh, and, and the signs of the times. But don't let these things trouble you, because really, as Christians, we know that these things are pointing forward to that great day that Christ is going to return and he's going to pour out his wrath upon all the wickedness. So as Christians, I think this is exciting. And, and to have a movie like this coming out, it's not a fearful tactic. It's, it's actually one of those things that it's a blessing because we can see things through clear glasses. It's kind of like that movie, They Live. Everything is really blurry and you don't understand until you put the glasses on. And Amerigeddon, really, if, if you think about it, ladies and gentlemen, this is going to be a movie that's going to allow people to put the glasses on and see things and see really plausible scenarios that are likely to happen in our lifetime. Absolutely. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more with you. Now, I want to ask you this. Uh, I know we don't want to do any spoilers, obviously, but can you break down a, a brief synopsis of the film for people just to kind of build it up and, and kind of give them some anticipation? A- absolutely. You know, what we what we have here is, uh, in a nutshell, we've got, uh, we just kind of, like I said, we kind of stripped down the movie. We really wanted to laser focus on uh, you know, item by item uh, for this film. And what we do is we have a, a false flag EMP attack that happens over the country and out goes our power grid. And from there, the government calls in the UN. But it, is it the government? We don't know. Is it the government that calls in the UN or is it the elite running the UN that come in and declare martial law on America and to retrieve our weapons? So, it's really um, kind of a call to action to wake up um, 
to, to wake up and understand what's going on around you. And it's basically showing scenarios based on things that have actually happened already. I mean, we know there's drills. We know, we know about the drills. We know about the martial law that, that they've done to, to kind of run test runs on different, uh, different cities around the United States. We know that even with the, the Boston bombing, uh, false flag event, we know that they, 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 and again, I, I want to be careful calling it a drill, but it really was a drill because they were testing to see how far they could push the public without the public snapping back. But the public, Justin, is, you know what? As long as they get up and the sun comes up, their car starts, they go to their job. Uh, you know, I think the people are so oppressed right now. They, everybody feels so oppressed that they've got their head buried in the sand. And they don't want to know the truth. They, they do not want to know what's really happening behind the scenes. And, and that's why I think it's so important. And that's why I can't thank the people enough, you know, that have gone online, seen the trailer, uh, joined our Facebook page. The comments, they're the ones that are really driving this film. We're an independent movie. You know, we are not out of Hollywood. Nothing was done out of Hollywood. We did everything independently. And we had more resistance, more resistance on this film than anything I've ever done. And, and, and it's, it's interesting because I look back on it, and just it, for me as a person and as the director, early on, I could tell something was up. And, and one thing that was a bad on me is, you know, I, I normally do films that are very faith-based, uh, you know, and we went outside the box a little bit on this. So what I didn't bring with me was my armor when I started this project. And I, I kind of let my guard down a little bit. I go, okay, you know, this is a different movie. You know, it's, it's a, there's different messaging to it. And I, even though I brought my, my people on that are my fellow brothers in Christ that, you know, uh, hold each other accountable, for some reason on this film, it, it Kind of, uh, it got so busy, so hectic, so many different issues that were making this film a struggle. And it's not until, you know, I could sit back and look at the whole process that I go, you know what, I could see why we were having these issues. First off, the enemy doesn't want this movie seen. And second off, I, I just wasn't in prayer like I normally am when I'm deeply involved in a film and, and I didn't have the believers around me that I needed to hold me accountable for not, you know, for my actions also. And it was more of a, uh, you know, it was a big, big project. And so I, I, I kind of look back on it, and and it really makes sense to me now that there is a force that just does not want this movie out there. There, it, there is a force that does not want this movie out there. And uh, we're pushing through now, you know. I, I you know, kind of pulled everybody back in. Said, "Man, we got to be praying. We got to pray for the project. We got to pray for us. We got to pray for the country. We, we got to pray for people." And um, and then all of a sudden, things just start building and building and building on this film, and to where, you know, we just go out to make this movie just as a message. Well, this message has now become a movement in its own little way. That's awesome. Now, obviously, we know we know that the enemy. Uh, there's multiple facets to the enemy. We know we know that there's spiritual warfare, and then we also know that spiritual warfare can cross over into the physical realm 
with the enemy forces, obviously the the Illuminati and the elite, whatever you want to call them, people have their own terms. But I, I guess what are, what are some of the challenges uh, or attacks that you faced by Hollywood? Um, obviously, theater, you know, theaters are not just going to say, hey, come put this movie in our theater because it's so controversial. For early on, so, you know, normally we'll do a film and we'll just put it straight to DVD. We have a distributor, you know, it's all good. This one, Hollywood wouldn't touch it. Nobody in Hollywood would touch it. They go, okay, it's a good movie, but, you know, this messaging is crazy. You know, you can't call out the government like that. And, and it, but it was what it is. This is the movie we set out to make. So just even getting it rated, we've got no cussing in this movie. I think we say crap. Uh, no nudity. Uh, it's a patriotic movie. Um, and they gave us an R rating. And, and I appealed it to the NPAA. I said, how could this be an R rating? And they go, well, if you just take this one gunshot out, we'll give you a PG-13. So it's it really, you know, like that. Um, well, when, oh, it, it was just over and over. But now all of a sudden, now that people are starting to notice the movie, recognize the movie, and we've invested in putting it in theaters, well, we were going to go, let's just throw it in 10 theaters and see what happens. Well, in the last 30 days, the response has been so good that we've gone from 10 theaters to 20 theaters. Now we're in 30 theaters opening tonight. And, you know, that's just God working in his mighty way because that shouldn't be happening. That, that shouldn't be happening. We are working on such a shoestring budget. The film was made on a shoestring budget. I had everything I needed to make the film, but it it is really, we just don't believe that, you know, we cannot buy people. You know, that's what the elites do. They buy people. We can't buy people. We need to engage people. We need to say, this is our film. We want your support. Please come support us. And it's, thank God for people like you and other media outlets that go, okay, we get it. We want to get behind it. We want to support it. Otherwise, we'd be doomed. But now, all of a sudden, we start seeing some momentum. Now, Fox and Friends calls and, uh, you know, national shows. And Sony Pictures now is uh, part of the film in the DVD market. They're going to distribute it in the DVD market. So that's just, you know, that's just us winning against the enemy right now. That is us winning against the opposition. Man, that is awesome. And obviously, uh, based on the website, uh, AmerigeddonTheMovie.com, uh, right now you're only going to be airing in AMC and Harkins theaters. Is that correct? No, we've got AMC, Harkins, uh, we're in Cinemark, uh, and, and a couple others that I, I can't remember the name of right now. But, you know, we're in from Phoenix to Grand Michigan, uh, a lot in Texas, and we... You know, we spent a lot of time going, okay, where are pockets of people that are uh, patriots? Where are pockets of people that are Christians? And what we did was we went out looking for those people first and, and, and tried to appeal to them and say, hey, this is what we've got. And if we could get your support, we could put a movie there. And it's just kind of spread from there. Uh, you know, putting a movie in theaters, 
I had no idea the uh, amount of work, the cost, everything that goes into it. They make it so hard to put a movie in theaters. We're doing this on a wing and a prayer, and uh, I'm just so thankful that, you know, we've got support now, that people are coming and, and you know, supporting our page, supporting the website, and going to come support the film. I totally understand. And and just by watching the trailer, I knew that there was going to be some pressure coming from different places, definitely some opposition. Um, I, I was just curious, have you had any government pressure come from any any strange phone calls or any letters or threats or pressure at all? Um, is that something we can even talk about? You know, what I can tell you about this is that the government is aware of this movie, although I can't go into details about specifics of anything. Uh, it has been brought to our attention by uh, an inside source that we have that this film has been brought up in uh, a certain branch of the government. Um, and fortunately, uh, nobody's contacted us directly uh, as of yet, but um, we're prepared. You know, we're, we're not going to shy away from uh, anything, and if anybody has anything to say, uh, bring it on. Uh, you know, as far as I know, this uh, we still have free speech. We can still make movies and tell our stories, and we're going to continue to do so. We, we're not going to be uh, shut down, and we're not going to be intimidated by anybody. Amen. Amen. That, that's how I feel about every every broadcast that I do. <laughs> you know, I, I can laugh about it because I, I'm not even intimidated. I'm not worried about it. I mean, I've had uh, I had a former uh, Pentagon chief of staff. He worked in the Pentagon for over 15 years. We've done two shows together um, and he breaks down a lot of the, the things going on behind the scenes. And, you know, people are like, aren't you scared? I'm like, I mean, what's the worst that could happen? My, my life gets taken. I mean, my soul is with Jesus. So I'm not I'm not worried about it. I'm going to fight the good fight while I'm here. Yeah, and I've had, oh, I've had death threats online. Uh, you know, it was, it was, the worst part about it was my daughter, who Greta, who's in the movie, uh, one of the stars of the movie, uh, was reading the comments on YouTube, and somebody made mention uh, of a death clock for Mike Norris until Mike Norris is killed. And that really freaked her out. And, and I told her, you know what, don't. Don't leave this stuff. Don't listen to these people. And really, what it's coming from is like a hardcore liberal group. You know, they want to get rid of the guns, but yet they want to shoot me in the head. Uh, you know, so that that kind of blows my mind. But you know what? I, I know where I, I know where eternity is. So I, I get it. And and am I afraid? No. Uh, you know, do I want? They have death threats? No, not at all. Um, but, it, you know, it comes with the territory. When you kind of poke at the beehive, uh, you know, the things are going to come out and people are going to try to intimidate you and throw their agenda on you and discredit everything. I'm not going to let it happen. I, I'm, I'm not going to let it happen. You know, we made a movie with a very uh, direct message. And, um, there's no way I am ever going to shy away from my beliefs and the message we want to portray. I love it. I love it. Now, obviously, the question pops into my mind. Um, I'm a film grad before I got into doing the radio show, uh, and I still I still work in shooting, filming, editing, post-production, and that's, that's how I pay my bills. Yeah. And 
obviously if you embark on a certain film project that let's say somebody that you've worked with previously doesn't agree with bridges can get burned. And so I'm just kind of curious because you, you do have a, a history of working with Christian films. Uh, has this caused any, any problems with any of your, your past working relationships? No, no, not at all. Uh, not here. You know what? I do everything out of fashion. I got out of Hollywood a long time ago. I, I mean, I spent a, a long time there working in the Hollywood system. Uh, but when I was a director on my dad's show, Walker, Texas Ranger, after that was done, uh, I I didn't want to bring my family back to California. I, I, I wanted to get them. I just want them to have the most normal life they possibly can. And I've got my kids in a good Christian school. We've got a good church. We've got a good group of friends, you know, close friends around us that are not in any way, shape, or form part of the film industry. But as far as the people that work on the films, now they, they've been great. Now, you know, some of the actors that came out uh, on this film were like, oh, this is kind of weird. This will never happen. Well, I'm now getting calls from these same actors going, wow, we had no idea. We had no idea what was really going on. That Wow, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they were, you know, during the process of the filming, uh, you know, people going, this is stupid, this is ridiculous, you know, uh, this whole concept. And you know what? A year and a half later, all of a sudden they're calling, calling us up going, yeah, like I said, wow, this is weird that this is happening now. And we were doing this a year, a year and a half ago filming. You know, and it's funny, um, I go to a great church and, uh, both, both of the pastors, we've got co-pastors. And, uh, when I met the new co-pastor that, that came on recently, our church kind of merged with another church. He, uh, just, he, he was like, Hey, I want to get together and introduce you to some of the guys from the other church. Cause we're all one church now. And so we go, we go to grab a, a Starbucks one day and he introduces me to this guy and he says, he says, Justin, I want you to meet so-and-so. He says, this is the guy that has me fully convinced that Sandy Hook never happened. Yeah. There are Christians waking up all over the place. And that is so important because I, you know, I hate to say it. I, I really do. But I just find the church uh, becoming a business, uh, the four-wall church, especially in Texas. Um, and, yeah, they, they're just preaching this watered-down gospel and make everybody feel good. But people need to know. People need to read the, the hard stuff in the Bible to understand what's going on. Amen. Now, I want to ask a personal question uh, about the movie. Um, just kind of thinking about a movie that's just so just so extreme. And again, when I say extreme, I don't mean extreme in a bad way, but just an, an extreme amount of information that's brought in a short amount of time. But obviously there came to a point in your waking up process where there were, there had to be specific events or at least one event you can think of that really inspired some of the, the role playing in the movie. Well, you know, I'm not sure. Let me, I'll tell you when I thought for the first time, I thought, what on earth is going on? And it was in, I think, 2007, 2008, when both Obama and Hillary Clinton walked into the Bilderberg Group meeting. And then they both came out, and Obama was now the nominee for president. And I go, 
wow, what was in that room that was so powerful that Hillary Clinton is going to drop out of the race and hand it over to Obama? What in there was so so powerful and so important that she's dropping out? That was the first time I ever went, something's up. And that just led to, uh, you know, a little research. Then my friend Gary Haven, who's my partner, uh, he is so well-read on all these subjects where I'm just now starting to, you know, kind of play catch-up on everything. And, you know, and I've been one of those people, you know, kind of guilty of, hey, you know, I'm raising kids, I, I'm trying to make movies, I, I, I'm just trying to live. I'm trying to live. But, you know, it was that event that really kind of opened my eyes to what's going on. And then once you Google, okay, what is Bilderberg Group? Whoa. Okay, what's okay, Bilderberg Group, Bohemian Grove? What's Bohemian Grove? Whoa. So it just, you know, it, it just can go anywhere. I, it's so big, so vast. It's just that the research could go on forever. So I, I kind of, unfortunately, kind of pick and choose my interest in where I want to go with my research on what's happening with the elite. You know, one thing that, that, that kind of blows my mind about all this is that um, we're being primed for an alien invasion. I mean, obviously, you watch movies, the TV shows. They're trying to get people freaked out that there's going to be aliens that come down and that the governments of the world are going to have to join forces to fight the aliens. I, I, I was in Lubbock uh, a few days ago promoting the movie and somebody came up to me and was a fascinating man who was a very high-ranking... Um, I'm not sure exactly what he did. But he, he started talking to me about... Uh, you know, the whole alien thing, and uh, I personally fully believe in uh, UFOs and aliens, and I fully believe they are fully demonic. Amen. But I, I was really interested in what this guy was saying. And Now, this, my uneducated belief is I believe there are UFOs and aliens, and they are of the devil. But I, I, I'm not well-versed enough to... Uh, get into all every you know obviously you know far more than i do on that subject and but it's very fascinating to me and uh yeah hollywood is we are being primed you know so it's all when the aliens come they're all peaceful and they're supposed to love us it's all gonna be great i don't think so yeah and and what's interesting about this and i wasn't even gonna go here um, but it's just kind of interesting how the, the whole alien agenda plays out because, uh, we do, we do get into the topic of aliens and the Nephilim, the Genesis six, the giants, yep. uh, the UFOs. Uh, we do a lot of research on that in the fourth watch. We break it down. Yep. Um, and, and even we, we, I say we, me and a couple of people that are my colleagues, um, we believe that a lot of the leadership uh, of the world, the elite, we believe that they trace their bloodlines back to the bloodlines of the giants. Um, and that's, it's obviously that's, I was not even planning on going there with you. Um, but I just, I brought it up because really, um, there's a lot of information of government involvement with this, these demonic alien entities over the years. 
but they're, they're painting a whole different picture for society with Hollywood. And I, I only brought it up for the sake of the Hollywood agenda because Hollywood wants to put so much focus on that from a whole different spin. And then they just, people are worried about that and consumed with that. And they don't really care to take time to see what the government's really doing. I think also the viewers, but you know, nine out of 10 think it's all, boy, this is just a movie. Uh, you know, I, I'm not sure how many of them actually believe in aliens. Or if they do, they don't understand the truth about them. Um, so Hollywood, you know, somebody, somebody is really pushing that in Hollywood. Um, I don't know who, and uh, but that's why that's why we need to stand up, and we need to have our our side heard also. That's right. That's right. I mean, it's fun to watch movies. It's fun to research, but we need to be balanced in our research and we need to understand uh, the plethora of what's really going on, the big picture. And and really, I tell you, Mike, I believe the end time scenario is going to be a mixture of the elites, the fallen angels, demons, uh, crazy warfare, crazy weapons, all leading up to the time that Christ returns. And so I think it's an exciting time. Uh, I know we only have about 10 minutes left, but I, I want to ask you uh, just, just some fun questions, if that's okay, as we, as we kind of close up. Yeah. What's it like? Uh, I, I, I'm sure you probably get tired of hearing this, but uh, uh, many people, uh, you know, you've really you've built a name for yourself. Um, people know you as Mike Norris, and there's people who might not even know that you're Chuck Norris's son because of all the great work that you've done by yourself. Um, so you've really, you've created a name for yourself. You've been a hard worker. You've really done a lot of great things. Got a, got a great, uh, resume. Um, what was it like growing up with Chuck Norris? I mean, he's, he's still considered an American hero. Absolutely. I, you know what? I love this question. I am so proud to be the son of Chuck Norris. I, I, I am so proud and I am so honored. And it is very important that I, I do not ever want to discredit my father's name and what he's done. And I, but as far as growing up as uh, Chuck Norris' son, it was awesome. I, I mean, I have been able to do so many awesome things because of who my father is. And, and that's just a simple fact. I am, I'm Chuck Norris' son. And you either um, rebel against it because of ego or you embrace it, first off, because of the love I have for my father and how proud I am of his accomplishments and everything he's done. But I want to carry on the Norris name and, and be, you know, be proud of being Chuck Norris's son. I, I, it was great as a kid because also I got to see firsthand Chuck Norris, you know, transitioning from the Chuck Norris, the karate instructor who we used to pack in the station wagon every weekend and go do demonstrations and trying to get people to the karate school to him. Then all of a sudden transitioning into an actor and then witnessing the meteoric rise of his fame. It was awesome. I, I was a teenager. I was 15, 16 years old when that happened. So I got to see it live it, be a part of it, and it was awesome. It was really awesome. Well, people love Chuck. I mean, Chuck always, he, he was clean. You know, his, his demeanor, he was clean. He was respectable. He stood for what was right. And, I mean, it, everybody, I mean, just about everybody knows that your dad is an outspoken Christian as well, um, which just adds to his credibility. 
And I just, I wanted to ask, I mean, I'd love to talk to Chuck sometime. I mean, growing up, we loved Chuck. I mean, Chuck is just, he, he's an American hero. He stands up for what's right. And he karate chops wickedness. <laughs> hey, well, let me tell you, it wasn't so great when you're a kid and you start acting like a butt. And your dad gives you a whooping and he's Chuck Dora. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that would be a good shirt. But fortunately, fortunately, at that time, he didn't have a beard. So that fist that comes out of his beard never punched me. <laughs> <laughs> so you've seen you've seen the memes on Facebook. <laughs> I love them. I, I think they're they're I think they're great. And you know what? It's kind of introduced my dad to a whole new generation that you know may not know the Walker Texas Ranger series or some of his movies. Uh, they may have caught up on the Expendables, but I, I just think it's awesome the way it uh, it's just exploded those Chuck Norris facts and. Um, you know, he was over in Iraq uh, doing something with the troops, and he said, he, he goes, yeah, I'm sitting there going to the bathroom in some latrine, and I look on the wall, and it says, Chuck Norris doesn't do push-ups. He pushes the earth down. So he loves it. He, he loves it. He enjoys it. Some of them kind of get a little, you know, get a little out there, but um, they're, they're fun. And I think I think it's great. I, I love them. No, that's awesome. That's awesome. You know, we all love Chuck, and uh, Chuck is just. It's nice to know that there's people out there from the Hollywood industry who who have stood for what's right. Um, I I do want to ask you. Did he have a, a comment? Uh, obviously, he's probably already seen Amerigan. I'm sure you guys have probably done a private viewing. Yeah, he he really enjoyed it. Now, one thing he did say once he was done with the movie, he goes, "Son." He goes, you know, you're now on the list. I go, list? What list? He goes, the same list I'm on. And I'm like, awesome. That's great. He goes, no. (laughs) (laughs) You don't want to be on this list. But I wear it as a badge of honor. I wear it, hey, I love my dad, and I'm proud to be his son. And for me to squander an opportunity that my dad has worked so hard for, and for me not to embrace that. I know a lot of kids uh, who with famous parents that just went off the rails. They could never, you know, get out from under that uh, shadow or whatever it is. To me, if it's a sunny day and I'm in Chuck Norris's shadow, he's given me shade. I, I've got no problem. I, I embrace it. I respect it. And I want to make my father proud. I, it doesn't matter how old you are. You always want to make your father proud. I totally understand. And most of us know that Chuck is awake to a lot of what's going on. But was there anything in the film that caught him off guard? You know, he had an issue with one one part. And it was really a, a part in the movie where we say maybe it's time for Texas to secede. He... Uh, he mentioned that in an article about 2009 and got a lot of backlash from it. And he thought maybe it would be best to uh, not have that in there. Um, but th- that was really it. He, he, he agreed. He understood with every, uh, everything we did in the film. And, and he, as he told me, he really enjoyed it. So, uh, and you know, and just him giving us a shout out on Facebook and Twitter and all that, 
it's huge for us to have his endorsement. That's awesome. That's great. But uh, I know you're, you're touring around right now. You're doing a whole lot of awesome stuff, staying really busy. Um, if things go the way you're anticipating, will there be a pickup, a part two, where it'll pick up where part one left off? You know what? I, 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 would, I really want to. Uh, it kind of really depends on how uh, things go. But what I really want to do is take this idea and this concept and push it a year into the future. What does the world look like one year after this catastrophic event? What What is going on in people's hearts and people's minds? And really kind of try to bring a more biblical perspective to it. That's awesome. And I'm not going to put you on the spot, but I am. Come on. If everything works out, hey, I'm just saying, man, if things do move forward with the second film, I would love to have some kind of hand in, in what you're doing because this is awesome. You got it. I cannot wait. Man, I cannot wait to see the movie. Matter of fact, I'm going to be following online. I'm, I've already followed your page, but I'm going to be continuing to follow because I want to see as soon as I can watch it in Atlanta. If we have a decent weekend and people respond to it, we are prepared to expand on Monday. Awesome. Well, I'm definitely going to be keeping an eye out for that. Um, you know, maybe after a couple of weeks, um, once everything's getting out there and, and more people are seeing the film, maybe we could do a follow up and hear if you've had any more backlash and hear some of the feedback. Um, last question I'm going to ask you. What did you guys film on? Ooh. Just a production question. I mean, were you guys using the black magic, the red? Were you guys using? Uh, OK, a uh, good question. We had three area Lexus, two red. And we threw a black magic in there a couple times, a bunch of GoPros that got destroyed. Uh, you know, I'm used to shooting one camera. Uh, this one was uh, quite extensive. You know, I, I, condors and uh, 12Ks, uh, you know, cameras everywhere. So it, it was a great experience to be able to um, direct in that fashion. But you know, there's a lot of young talent coming up right now that I really want to tap into their brilliance. Um, it, it, it's important to me. I got a, a couple younger guys that work with me that, man, I, I wish I had their knowledge. I, I swore HD or digital was a, a fad. <laughs> <laughs> I was shooting on film. I was shooting on film until 2008. Wow. Yeah. You know, Lucas Lucas changed everything. I hate to say it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, but it, it's, you know, you've got to, you know, the technology is moving so fast. And, you know, I, I'm I'm not old, but I'm, I'm no spring chicken. Uh, so I rely heavily on on these younger kids that, man, they know all the gadgets and, and all that stuff. And, and I love to bring them into the fold and, and kind of get them involved. And, and, you know, like I said, I've got this kid, David, that he was an intern on a film four films ago, who's now a producer, goes out and shoots second unit. Um, and I love it. And, and I, you know what? You've got to pay it forward. You've got, there's so much talent out there that I, it only it helps me. It only makes me look good. I know what you mean. It's And, you know, it's so important to be on a good team. And, and what's crazy is it's really like a parallel to the body of Christ, because as Christians, we all bring different things to the table and the body has to operate with all the members, all the organs. We all bring different things to the table. We have to come together and, and work together with a common goal, fighting the good fight. 
Last thing, two things, and we're gonna we're gonna shut it down really quickly. Spoiler for me: What percentage of the film was shot on green screen? Can you tell me that, or are you gonna keep that a secret? No, I'll, I'll tell you. Uh, whew, uh, you probably were not expecting these questions. <laughs> well, you know, uh, I I well, this was this one slapped me right in the face because the production schedule was so tight. We had a VFX uh, guy on set. And he's going, we need these plate shots. We need this. I'm like, I don't have time for it. I've got eight actors. And next time I will listen very closely to when somebody says, we need a plate shot. Yeah. Uh, we did, um, a, we, we did about eight, ten pages on green screen, which is really, really hard to do and make it look good. I, you know, I, I, I was really, uh, surprised, but once again, you know, I rely heavily on, you know, these people that know what they're doing and, um, and trusting them and, uh, and then putting it together. But we had a lot of, uh, CGI, um, not by choice. And, and here I'll give you a spoiler alert. You know, we had our, um, special effects guy. And before we start filming, he goes, okay, this is uh, what we're going to use for the explosion. And, he likes this thing off and this thing. I mean, it rattled everything. And I'm going, great. I love it. <laughs> and so the first day that we need explosions, I'm like, oh, man, this is going to be big. Everybody get air plugs. And we, all right, here we go, roller. Okay, three, two, one. And it went, poof. <laughs> 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 you know, so I'm like, what happened? <laughs> Where's the big explosion? And unfortunately, when you're doing it independent. You got to move on. I'm like, okay. Yeah, there's no refunds. There's no refunds on pyrotechnics, unfortunately. <laughs> no, no, not at all. Um, hey, well, you know that—that's the good thing about about what we do is we can just go in there and, and put in some some muzzle flashes and just do everything in compositing and After Effects. But you know, at this point, people are probably already losing what we're talking about. So, <laughs> oh, Mike, I uh, I just want to say thanks again for taking time to come on the Fourth Watch out of your busy schedule. And uh, man, it's so awesome to see what you're doing. And just to hear the testimony of how God's provided for all of this, if there was one thing you could tell people who are wanting to make a difference, what would you tell them, Mike? Pray, man. Just pray. Get, just get right with God, because there's a storm coming, and there is only one thing that is going to protect us, and that's our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Mike, you're a blessing, bro. Thank you again. I, I'm just, I'm blown away at what's taking place right now and how awesome it is to connect with you and see what you're doing to fight the good fight. Looking forward to talking with you again. Uh, you've got our prayers. I'm, I'm definitely going to be asking everybody to keep you in prayers. Definitely go to the Facebook page, Amerigeddon. You can look it up, like the page on there. You'll get updates. And uh, you got a lot of cool graphics on there. People can share the graphics to kind of start conversations with people on their friends list. And once again, AmerigeddonTheMovie.com. We've been talking with Mike Norris. God bless you, brother. Have a good night. You got a brother. Thanks. Well, that was definitely a lot to think about, and I hope you enjoyed the interview as much as I did. But in closing, I want to take you all to a very important passage in Scripture. And I know I referenced it earlier, but I want to reiterate it as we close out another week. Let's head on over to Matthew chapter 24, verses 6 through 14. And I really hate covering just a section of this. But this is the section that really sticks out to me as I think about the coming storm that's coming upon this world. But here, we see Jesus telling his disciples about the things that will take place before the end 
and before his glorious return. Jesus said this, And ye shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that ye be not troubled, for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For nation shall rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom. And there shall be famines and pestilences and earthquakes in diverse places. All these are the beginning of sorrows. Then shall they deliver you up to be afflicted and shall kill you. And ye shall be hated of all nations for my name's sake. And then shall many be offended and shall betray one another and shall hate one another. And many false prophets shall rise and shall deceive many. And because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. But he that shall endure unto the end, the same shall be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness unto all nations. And then shall the end come. Ladies and gentlemen, this is one of those passages that comes alive right off the page because we see some of these very things taking place right now. But with all of the stress and the worry that these circumstances tend to bring upon us, we have to realize something. We have to realize that Jesus knew that these things would carry a heavy burden to everyone who became enlightened with this prophetic knowledge. When he spoke these things, he knew the weight that they were going to carry to everyone that heard them and that understood them. But even more specifically, he knew the weight that would be on the shoulders of those very people who saw these things come to pass. And this is the reason that he said something so amazing in the very beginning of his speech. He said, see that ye be not troubled, for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. The thing that sticks out to me here is he said, see that ye be not troubled. The Greek word that we see here for the word troubled is throeo, and it literally deals with being troubled in your mind, being frightened and even alarmed by something. So Jesus is saying that there's going to be bad times coming before he returns. And he says that when we see these things happen all around us, we should not be alarmed by them. We should not allow these things to bring any trouble to our minds. We have nothing to be frightened about because Jesus is the victor. And these hard times have to come to pass before the end can come. And even in the midst of these hard times, the gospel will be preached in all the world as a witness to all the nations. And then the end will come. So Jesus wasn't telling us these things to bring fear upon us, but to the contrary. He wanted us to know the very things we would see taking place in the time nearing the end of days and his glorious return. He was giving us a valuable prophetic heads up to the very things that would be causing the world to lose their heads. And he tells us to make sure that we don't lose ours. You see, knowing that our hope is in Jesus Christ and knowing that as children of the King, we are His and we have an eternal inheritance that will not perish like the things of this world, ladies and gentlemen. And knowing that we are on the winning team 
is more than enough to bring encouragement in times of worldly uncertainty. And I, for one, get excited when I see the signs of the times. It doesn't mean that I'm happy with the wickedness abounding, but my joy comes from the Lord, and I hope yours does too, brothers and sisters. And it is my prayer that you would have eyes to see and ears to hear, and that you would not grow weary in these days to come, because harder times will come before the glorious return of our King. And I pray that you would persevere in Jesus' name. Amen. If you're listening right now and you haven't accepted the Lord Jesus Christ Yeshua as your personal Lord and Savior, and you haven't accepted His holy sacrifice on the cross to pay for your sins, it's absolutely impossible for you to have a solid understanding of His Word. It's impossible to find protection from the demonic realm and the days that are fast approaching, friends. And furthermore, it's impossible to have peace with Yahweh Elohim, the God and Father of the Lord Jesus Christ Yeshua. But here's the good news. You can start anew right now. You can repent of your sins and have the wages of your sins paid in full. Now is the time to repent and turn away from your sins and make right with the will of God. You see, the Bible declares that we don't know what tomorrow holds, so we must take action with the time that we have right now. Repentance is the first step. This means turning 180 degrees from your past thoughts, actions, and lifestyles that are in opposition to the Most High God. Because of Jesus Christ Yeshua and His once and for all sacrifice, you can be forgiven of your iniquity and every sin you've ever committed. Yahweh is a jealous God, but He's also rich in mercy, and tonight, if you're willing to admit your wrongs and repent, He's willing to show you that mercy right now, friends. The wages of our sin is death, but tonight we can receive the gift of God, which is eternal life. But as it says in Romans 6.23, only through Jesus Christ our Lord. There's no other way to come to God, folks. There's no other way to get salvation. You can't earn your salvation by good works. Fact is, Jesus Christ is the only way. Every other way, folks, leads to hell. There's no authentic way to the Father but Jesus Christ Yeshua. I'm so thankful that God sent His only begotten Son to die on the cross, a living sacrifice, and shed His sinless and perfect blood to pay the debt of our sins and the ability to be seen as blameless before God on that day of judgment. Let today be the beginning of your communion and peace with God as you're filled with the Holy Spirit and begin putting on the armor of God and growing into an intimate relationship with Him. It's the will of God that you don't perish, but rather that you repent and enter into a relationship with Him based on His terms. If you're not sure of what God's terms are, I want to challenge you to start reading your Bibles. If you don't have a Bible, get one and learn firsthand what God expects from you. Christ is our only hope, friends, and my prayer is that you believe on Him tonight. That's the most important part of the show and by far the most important decision you will ever have to make in this life. Amen. It's been an interesting adventure tonight, and I hope you've all enjoyed this broadcast. If you ever miss a show or would like to go back and re-listen to an old one, every show is archived in high-quality streams on my website, fourthwatchradio.blogspot.com. That's the number 4, T-H-W-A-T-C-H-R-A-D-I-O dot B-L-O-G-S-P-O-T dot com. 
fourthwatchradio.blogspot.com. There you'll find every broadcast dated and summarized for your convenience. Be sure to scroll all the way down on each page and click on the words Older Posts to be taken to more pages of archived shows. You can also find my shows broadcasted by the Fourth Watch Radio Network on Shoutcast, Spreaker, iTunes, or if you have an iPhone, iPad, or Android, you can download the Fourth Watch Radio Network app and enjoy easy streaming. For higher quality broadcasts, stay tuned in via fourthwatchradio.blogspot.com for all the latest shows. Like us on Facebook and feel free to add my personal page as well. If the Fourth Watch is ministered to you and you would like to help support this ministry, you can follow the link on our website. I bid you all a week filled with grace and peace in the Lord Jesus Christ. We'll see you all next week. God bless and good night. You're listening to The Fourth Watch with Justin Fall on The Fourth Watch Radio Network.